Hello and a warm welcome to another edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. I'm Tom Pearson and today I'm joined by Peter Badenhorst. Peter is the Director of Legal Risk and Compliance for the AFRI Group. He has 20 years experience as an in-house counsel and eight years as an executive director. He holds a BCom in law, LLB, both cum laude, and a BCom honours in business management and an LLM in banking and stock exchange law. Phew, quite the list. Under his leadership, the AFGRI legal team has won the Legal Department of the Year small team four times at the African Legal Awards, which I believe is a record. And he has twice been recognised by the Legal 500 as one of the Africa's Corporate Council 100 and by Legal Era as one of the world's 100 leading general counsel. Peter, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, let's dive right in. Without listing them all, and we've already nodded to a few of them, you lead an in-house legal function which has claimed many accolades and awards over the years. Now, without giving too much away, what's your winning formula? I think, Tom, the, 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 the irony is that you know when I started the legal function here at AFGRI, um, Obviously, you didn't plan um, to to um, have a, a legal team that's that wins awards. It was more of a necessity. Um, we had to establish a, a legal culture first because uh, the in-house in-house team was not foreign was foreign to the business. And uh, once we um, got the uh, confidence of the business. Um, you know, the work started flowing, and more and more the businesses trusted trusted the, the legal team. The more complex work they allocated to us, and um, as that relationship grew, uh, the more challenging the work became, the the more um, the more exposure the team received. And as a as a byproduct of those of that all, you know, the awards um, we were fortunate to be awarded. Um, so the awards is more a, a byproduct of the of the work the work uh, that's been done and the, and the challenging work that's been allocated by the business, which we are extremely grateful for. I think your point around culture and profile is so important. There, you know, a business is always going to be generating. Um, issues that could do with a legal eye or require a legal solution, but it's on the in-house legal function to be front of mind when those issues develop so that they're passed in the right direction rather than being either you know, passed instantly to external counsel or worse, buried and, and, and forgotten about. I'm interested, what, what are some of the ways that you actually engaged with the business at the start how how did you build that culture of of the legal function being viewed part and parcel with the business and your internal stakeholders you know was it uh just showcasing that you existed or were there certain programs you ran out talk, talk to us a little bit about that yeah i think you you know the profile of the of the legal team um is is crucial um, and you know support from 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 senior management and your CEO is also crucial. But you know you have to you have to start uh, at 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 the bottom and um, 
simple simple techniques like um, client services uh, being a, being approachable um, uh, regular turnaround uh, quick turnaround times um, adding value um, and being being trying actively to 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 understand the business of the company um, that 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 was key so the moment the, the business realized that you that you understand the business uh, and appreciate it and wants to actually actively be part of 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 growing the business and overcoming the challenges then they uh, they, they trusted the legal team more and more and um, you generate more work for the team and and yeah it it, it, it creates momentum and uh, from a small transaction, you actually end up with with large transactions. Um, we have a, a culture, our team, to try to outsource as very few work as possible. So um, the the business appreciate, appreciates that. Uh, they see we're actively looking to reduce legal external legal spend, um, and um, because we understand the business. Uh, Better than than external legal counsel, um, they and are more approachable. They 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 refer work to us and and um, insist that we are involved, uh, even if we we had to uh, outsource it in in very limited circumstances. It's fantastic to hear, and I think it's it's not quite as cheesy, but the in-house function wearing a giant here to help badge and in brackets and damn good value too. Yeah, <laughs> might be no. might be the way to look at this. Absolutely, <laughs> Peter, you're mentioning um, law firms. You know, external legal spend straight straight off the bat there, and that does lead me into into my next question, which is, you know, the the mantra of more with less um, it isn't going anywhere for the in-house legal function, especially with with COVID-19 impacting us uh, so considerably. But what has this meant in real terms for your own legal department? What what, what does it mean practically to do more with less for, for a modern and successful in-house legal function such as your own? Yeah. Um, first of all, I think I totally agree that the mantra of Doing more of less will never go away. And COVID um, has has put the spot on it even more. I mean, the legal team has been involved. Uh, we were we are fortunate to be essential services, so we could operate through through the lockdown period. But the legal team, from a legal from a regulatory perspective, immediately um, immediately become involved uh, involved um, looking at regulations. Uh, getting permits out for the business to operate, uh, be part of the pandemic response team. So first, that that was uh, um, firstly how we got involved, and then secondly, obviously the the impact of COVID on 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 business in general, you know, on 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 finance arrangements, on lease arrangements, um, also required the legal team to be involved uh, in, in in that regard. So. Um, I, I, I don't see the more of less go, go, going away soon today. I think COVID has just emphasized the need. Business expects more from your from your in-house legal team. Uh, you need to be more versatile, more agile. Um, you have to have a diverse skill set, and one of one of those is is to be uh, to be um, able to adapt. 
on a, on a, in a very short short period. So as we all had to this year, so um, your your way of working had to change. Um, the way you negotiate agreements, um, team meetings, mentoring uh, of of um, of team members, um, the signing of documents. Uh, it, it just uh, you were forced to digitalize very quickly. Now, I'm so glad that you've mentioned things like agility, digitization, uh, being involved sooner than later. None of these lists uh, extra hours, extra effort, extra workload, because I think there's such a propensity to instantly hear stress, increased hours, you know, sleepless nights when you hear that more with less. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that, but it does mean change. But it doesn't necessarily just mean increased workload. It means to do things differently, to look at digital contract signature, to look at streamlined processes, just that adaptability and change that no lawyer is ever really taught, you know, throughout. And, uh, you know, talking about what we're taught and, and skill sets. AFGRI is a relatively diversified business. So what, what legal skill set do you look for most when you're recruiting? Is it generalists? Is it specialists? Or, or perhaps a blend? But uh, a bit of a curveball here. Or is it actually non-legal skill sets and experiences which, which excite and interest you the most? Yeah, Tom, it's a very good point. Um, so, because we are diverse in, in nature, it's it's always difficult to get um, a specific skill set from a legal perspective. So, generally speaking, I would say, obviously, a commercial lawyer um, from a commercial background, uh, from a le- from a legal perspective, uh, because we do a lot of work in house, the candidate must have good drafting skills or, or the ability to acquire acquire that that drafting skills. If it's a, if it's a junior person, and then yeah, like you said, ability to be uh, to uh, agility um, from from a non legal skills agility and uh, getting along with 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 uh, with with the team members so being a team player, uh, fitting in an organisation, um, be there to help, um, being approachable um, and um, create the impression. Uh, that with the business that you, know, you are you are there for them, there to help. So that that, that skills, um, that soft skills are, are also as important as as technical legal skills. And uh, you can always uh, you can always um, acquire those legal skills if you, if you have a good mentoring system in place. Um, but your, your interpersonal skills uh, with the business um, is, is 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 crucial. Well, I will say, Peter, having had the pleasure to hang out with you and the team on many occasions, I'd say that you're certainly good at picking out those winning personalities. There is never, never a dull evening at the African Legal Awards when the when the Afri Legal team hit the dance floor. <laughs> so, so winning personalities and uh, and damn fine dance moves. Those are the <laughs> you, you heard it here first. Those are the two essential skills for the modern in-house lawyer. Fantastic. Well, listen, Peter, here's here's one for you. What, what do you 
think are the most prevalent misconceptions about working as a general counsel or in-house lawyer that still still persist? I think that people tend to think it's a it's a, a one-dimensional role um, that it's only a legal advisor. Um, uh, and the truth is, the modern-day general counsel um, is much more than that. The the business requires a lot a lot from from the general counsel. You, you are forced to assume roles which are not purely legally or technically legal um, to a large extent. This only a small small uh, part of your day is that. So you are. Um, you are used in areas such as risk and compliance, governance, ethics, cybersecurity. Um, it's uh, e- um, in ESG, all the, the the latest the latest buzzwords is usually um, the, the general counsel will, will will be part of that. So uh, you, in order to to be successful in that, you you must be. Uh, um, Multi-dimensional, um, multi-skilled, and 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 the ability to 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 to, to adapt. Uh, we again talk about agility. Um, so yeah, I think if if you think that the legal the general counsel or the in-house legal counsel is is only uh, a lawyer that works dedicated to a business uh, exclusively, I think that's that's the most. Uh, uh, popular misconception in my in my opinion and I, I couldn't agree more i mean i i used to hear the trope of the lawyer who happens to be in the same building and that that i don't think if it was ever true it died a long time ago you know you look at the range of businesses that require internal legal services and the only limiting factor is is the the business's very nature you know, if you are truly an integral part of the business, there is absolutely nothing stopping an in-house legal counsel engaging with any number of strategic projects, of, of things outside the box, some things that have absolutely nothing to do with drafting or standard legal advice. So I'm 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 in, in total agreement with you. Um here's here's one for our very good friends in, in the law firms. If there was one behavior that you could force or gently cajole all of your law firm providers to adopt overnight, what would this behavior be and why? Yeah, I think if you look at the, the success of an in-house legal team uh, is usually they are approachable, um, accessible, and they know the they know the, the business of of the uh, of the company for which they serve very very well. So those three those three um, attributes of a successful in-house team, I think. Um, you know, will also serve serve uh, any external law firm well that to, to provides this additional services in conjunction with the in-house counsel. So, yes, be approachable. Um, like we spoke earlier, digitize, um, be accessible. I mean, uh, try to 
try to um, understand the business of your client, see where you can add value to the business of of, of your clients, um, knowing the legal the in-house legal team uh, responsibilities. Um, I think that uh, might what makes a good in-house lawyer will also make a good good uh, external law, law firm. I do like that reflecting back onto that onto those providers. I think we could nutshell it with drop drop the ego, get to know us, and work with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, so, that's, if your clients, you know, the in-house clients, as 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 the the ability and the the, the confidence to approach you. And it's the same should be expected from 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 your external external law firms as well. Couldn't agree more. Up to end on a more light-hearted note here, Peter. You know, we've we've all been struggling, um, you know, with a variety of COVID issues, whether it's lockdown or separation from from friends and family, or even not being able to uh, pop out for a relaxing meal. What what are some of the things that you've been doing to? to keep that headspace, to stay limber and agile and relaxed as we've alluded to a yeah. few times in this podcast. Yeah. I think the, I think, you know, what the experience of this lockdown is, as uh, obviously teach us to appreciate um, the social, social part of the business or the, the human interaction. So we, uh, I do miss that. Um, our team is, uh, of course, we have a little small team is a close knit team. Uh, we do like do like to to um, engage uh, on a social level as well. So, so you 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 miss that, um, and um, yeah, we've tried obviously on a to do it on a um, we are Teams meetings and digital and digitalized um, ways. But uh, that's no there's no substitute for 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 face to face human interaction. So I I, I do miss that, uh, but we all uh, all. Um, I believe that uh, this is this too shall pass. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, to to the uh, when when we can have a can socialize again. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, you know, you try to stay stay healthy and stay stay a bit active and um, watch a lot of movies <laughs> um, and, uh, and and uh, and take time maybe to uh, make use of the digital. World, we, we which we are in now to reach out to friends, which you know, under normal circumstances you would not have had the opportunity to do so. It's all good stuff to hear there, Peter. Well, that does bring us to the end of this week's edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. So that leaves me to thank you, Peter, for finding the time to join us today. Yeah, thank you, Tom, and thanks for Africa Legal. You guys are doing great work. Um, I enjoy your podcasts and uh, yeah, looking forward to, to your future editions. Thank you, Peter. You're very kind. And, and if you too enjoy our podcasts and would like to listen to more of them, you can find them on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. As always, if you want to keep up to date with the news, views and insight that allows you to be the best you can be, do find us and visit us at africalegal.com. So thank you again, Peter, for joining us. And thank you all for listening to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast.